Uh, hello. Hello. Patreon. Hello, patron. First Patreon of the new year. It is. Uh, well, I've done several. What? Uh, yeah, Liz doesn't know about it because I don't give her access to the accounts. But subscribers, uh, I've had a really good time with you and Vanessa and Noel and all my other female uh, co-hosts. Uh, blondes, redheads, no brunettes. Um, and it's been a blast, but unfortunately we're back to normal. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Aww. She looks so sad. <laughs> And just what if I, I just cried right now? You, I, I cannot think of a time we've hung out that you haven't cried <laughs> from laughter. Yeah, be like, <laughs> it's so funny that you call me that phrase. It's so funny. <laughs> um, greetings, welcome to True Anon. <laughs> <laughs> what he said, uh, we are we're talking money today. Mm hmm. We're getting into the big bucks. Money talk with Chris Hayes. <laughs> Hardball. It's not Chris Hayes. Chris Kaliza. <laughs> uh, whatever. We're all named Chris. Yeah. Um, we're so, talking money. We're talking money. We got hot lady money reporter on. Mm-hmm. Alexander Skaggs. Uh, we're going to be talking to her in a bit about... What is going on with the Fed? Uh-huh. Are we in it? Listen, if you've ever wanted to hear two women with vocal fry talk about ending the Fed, tonight's your lucky night. <laughs> um, but before we get to that, I will say that uh, a bunch of people have uh, asked us to get into some more fun little economic, political stuff. Some hijinks. Yeah, so we're going to try and do some of that today. I just want to give a little background on this. I hang out with Liz uh, fairly often, unfortunately. I have uh, <laughs> don't. I tend to be kind of a lone wolf cruising the streets at night, uh, cruising parks uh, at night. <laughs> also, sometimes cruising, you know, t- Parked public cars. toilets. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but whenever I hang out with Liz, she starts fucking yapping about bullshit I don't understand. One thing, derivatives. Don't know what those are. And another thing, literally don't understand what the Fed is. A third thing <laughs> is uh, the central bank. And fourth thing, et cetera. You know where I'm going with this. So today, we are we are doing a little role play where the podcast, me and Liz, are Liz. And the audience, all of you out there, are me. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, yeah, I think it'll be fun. I mean, I do really love this stuff. And to be clear, we're, this isn't some, like, boring planet money, money splain. Mm-hmm. This is Tronon. Mm-hmm. This is lady money. <laughs> so, you know we got to start off with suicide. So, if you work for a bank, there is about a 45% chance that you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> If you work there right now. If not if you work at a bank, uh, like if you're a teller or if you're just a low-level account manager. M- money shoveler. Just, no. Then you're fine. Go ahead. Make your money, go home, have mm-hmm. sex with your wife. If your name's Laura, 
think about changing your name to Lauren Ducat, which would be a more money-centric Lauren name, but would also be a pun <laughs> on my ex-girlfriend, Lauren Duca. But if you are the head of, let's say, wealth management. Mm-hmm. Risk assessment. Or uh, the securities division. Mm-hmm. You might want to watch your back. Yeah. Well, actually, watching your back won't really help either. Watch your back. Watch your back. Okay, I don't know if saying it differently will change my mind. Oh, they said wash. No, don't wash your back either. (laughs) It's like, what? Well, I mean, we're talking about Italians here in some cases, so generally can't get to their back through the the hair. All right, let's just get to the chase. Uh, So there's been a string of banker suicides. And before you get too horny, actually, no, that's good. (laughs) <laughs> are we against this or for this <laughs> i just realized usually we're talking about crimes but i'm like i kind of this, this is all well right. we're gonna use suicide in quotation marks right uh, yeah we, we are that's we are the true non way yeah so wh- where should we start let's start with what we're looking at is about 40 bankers committing suicide let's get those numbers up boys from about tw- let's say 2008 on mm-hmm. right now, these the there's a couple high profile ones that we want to talk about because we don't have to get into all of them, and also that sounds like that would take a long time. Yeah, just going to each individual one. <laughs> be like, this guy's wife is hot. This guy's wife is dead too. Not uh, no. Uh, so, but the reason this started this. Um, you know, this has been going on for a long time, like I said, mm-hmm. since basically since uh, the old financial crisis, mm-hmm. which you might remember. So there was a little punishment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but there was uh, one just recently in November, which brought all this stuff back into the news. Right, mm-hmm. Braves? Yeah. Remember when everyone was like, oh my God, Donald Trump's personal banker committed suicide. Yeah, that's not really what happened. Yeah. Well, in what way? Was he not his personal banker or was he murdered? Not his personal banker. Oh, you don't get a personal banker if you're Donald Trump? What's the point of being rich? I mean, he probably did, but that's kind of a... mm, That's not really It's not like the best way to describe it. No. So, what happened here? Give me a little background. Okay, so Thomas Bowers. Mm -hmm. He's a former Deutsche Bank... Uh-huh. Our favorite bank. We love Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank executive and the head of the bank's U.S. private wealth management division. Now, wealth management, by the way, that is private wealth management. Uh-huh. That is like uh, the rich of the rich of the rich of the rich. That's just basically where, like, taking care of my money is a full-time job. You just go manage it. Yes. Um, Why would you do that with Deutsche Bank? Well, I don't know. <laughs> So he killed himself by hanging himself in his Malibu residence. Baller. Tuesday, November 19th. Uh-huh. So quite recently. Yeah. He was 55. So he started at Deutsche in 2005. Um, he oversaw all of, the, all of Deutsche's wealth management throughout the United States and uh, Latin America. And uh, the reason he got tied up with or tied to Trump in the news was that his he was the boss of Trump's personal banker. Oh, okay. I this see. woman, Rosemary uh, Vrablik. I'm sorry. It's First of all, it's Vrablik. Vrablik? Yeah. Vrablik, my... <laughs> okay. But that's like saying, like, if I get fries every week from, like, this guy who works at McDonald's and I kill myself, that you're calling the manager of the McDonald's, Brace's personal fry guy. 
Uh, yeah. It's probably a little more intimate than that, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a little more intimate to that. But, I mean, I, I think, like, the papers, it was, like, in the New York Post and the Times mm. and everywhere. And it was, like, Trump's personal banker killed himself or whatever. And they were trying to tie it to Russia mm-hmm. and, and or Ukraine Greek Gate, Russia Gate, whatever. Um, but I don't really think that's what's going on here. What do you think is going on? Well, I think that this has more to do with Deutsche Bank because there's plenty other Deutsche suicides. So a little background on Deutsche Bank. It's German, like, basically corporate law is insane and complicated. But Deutsche Bank is a pretty old bank. I think it was started in the late 1800s in Germany. Uh, my people may know them most for when they stole our fucking gold uh, in the 30s <laughs> and, like, just literally all of it and took it to fucking Switzerland and the Swiss fucking central bank still fucking has it. Mm. And they just took, they looted. They helped the Nazis like just loot the Jews of Germany. Mm. And of course they financed, um, what's that called? Auschwitz. (laughs) Yeah, they did. They financed Auschwitz, but you know what? Our boys, uh, America always believes in second chances unless you're 90% of people in America. But uh, Deutsche Bank was broken up after World War II, mm. uh, just like they should have broken up Germany in the Morgenthau Plan. And I think that was <laughs> making an agrarian state, um, or a bunch of different agrarian states. Anyways, they broke up Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank, of course, like slowly reforms itself, and uh, and now of uh, is is a really strange entity who does some good things, like finance the IRGC, and some bad things, like uh, get caught financing the IRGC. <laughs> Um, but, uh, they, um, they, 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 they have some, you have a bunch of theories about them. And again, this is Liz's wheelhouse, but there is another big suicide we should talk about that came out of Deutsche Bank. Yeah. William Brokesmith. Terrible. I would never, ever bank with a guy who has broken the name. (laughs) I'm sorry. That is a, yeah. Okay. William Brokesmith. Billy Broke Bitch. (laughs) Now he was found dead after... Hanging himself Damn. <laughs> in his London home. Uh, now, you mentioned risk function. Uh, risk function. Oh, hold on. Do you, can I explain how he hanged himself? Or do you yeah, want to talk about go, what he go. did first? No, no. Go into it. So, he didn't just hang himself. He hanged himself with a fucking dog leash. Uh, he was, his body was surrounded by Deutsche Bank papers, which they think that he was holding while he hanged himself and then mm. dropped because he released in both orgasmic ecstasy and in the final soft kiss of death uh, and his hand opened. Uh, he put his fucking suicide notes in the dog bed, it, it, one dressed to each person. It's a weird, weird scene. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. That seems like perhaps sending a little message, like hanging someone off a Blackfriars Bridge with uh, stones in their pockets, Mm. which has never happened to a banker before. Well, I think there's good reason to think that perhaps this suicide deserves quotation marks. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was, uh, like we said, he was involved in the bank's risk function, Mm -hmm. advised the firm's senior leadership, and... um, he was apparently deeply concerned 
about Deutsche Bank, according yeah. to the sui- the quote unquote suicide notes left. So he was part of like this Deutsche Bank uh, American subsidiary. It's subsidiary, sorry, subsidiary uh, called the Deutsche Bank Trust Company of America, which I think is really smart of them to put trust in the name, so people will do just that. Uh, but apparently, there was a lot of kind of funny business happening with them, money moving through, uh, and you know, Deutsche Bank. If you Google Deutsche Bank and money laundering, you will find many things. I'm sure uh, Mr. Uh, Brokesmith did the same. He started perhaps investigating this. There, are, There's evidence that he sent emails being like, what the fuck is going on about four weeks before his death. Uh, but unfortunately, that investigation didn't go on anywhere. Oh, also, the papers that were found underneath his body, a lot of them had question marks literally scrawled on them. What? Yeah, like he scrawled question marks on them. Yeah, there's one where the suicide note, so Anshu Jain, who mm-hmm. is the literally the head of Deutsche Bank at the time. Bless you. Yeah. Wait, so you say it again? Anshu Jain. Bless you. <laughs> okay. He writes, Anshu. Bless you. <laughs> so I was Julian, she caught me by surprise. You were so good to me, and I have repaid you with carelessness. <laughs> I betrayed your trust and hid my horrible nature Sipping from you. Sipping for Anshu. I can't even begin to fathom the damage I have done. I am eternally sorry and condemned, Bill. I am sorry. I'm. So, I am. In, I'm eternally sorry and condemned is an insane way to end a suicide note. Yeah. So uh, his son doesn't believe that it was suicide, correct? No, his son. Uh, his son actually rolled up to the corpse uh, right after he did it. His mom was there as well. And was like, what the fuck? Like, why did my dad kill himself? Because it's like, from what I understand, it seemed pretty out of the... It's like, there were no signs that this guy was going to kill himself via dog leash uh, that night or any other night. His son uh, is told by his mom to call a guy named Michelle Fasciola. Mm. Michelle Fasciola is another employee at uh, at Deutsche Bank. And he, he was in wealth management, which is, huh. Interesting. Weird. Yeah. Uh, and Michelle gets there, or Michele, Michele Faziola, uh, and goes through all his shit, including the computer. He calls, by the way, he's told to call uh, Faziola before he calls the police. Naturally. Guy goes through his computer. I don't know why he's got to go through this guy's computer to find out anything. Uh, and, and we don't really know what happened after that. Well... Well, okay, we do sort of. We do know what happened to Fasciola. Didn't kill himself. I'm sorry. To say. <laughs> we'll get to him in a second. We'll get to him later because there's another suicide that we should mention. Uh huh. And that's uh, an Italian. Oh, suicide. Mm-hmm. So this was. Um... This was David Rossi. That classic Italian name, David. <laughs> Rossi. David Rossi. David Rossi. Oh, maybe he's... No, there's no Italian Jews, are there? Mm. I don't know. If you're out there, hit me up. So this is a this is the like extra crazy weird one. This is... A, look up Live Leaks. Google Live Leak plus David Rossi plus suicide video. And you will see exactly well, what yeah. we're talking Content about. Content warning. Here. Yeah, I'm telling them to look up a suicide video on Lively, Liz. <laughs> I'm just, I, you know, I'm just, you know, trying to be sensitive. Yeah, that's true. We should have done that at the beginning. Yeah, content warning. I'm going to tell you to look up a guy's suicide video. <laughs> okay, so what, so tell us what happens in this video. So you are looking at a, a, a cobblestone street, or like sort of, the, it's like you can tell it's kind of the back of a building. There's some cars parked around, 
and uh, and you're looking through a CCTV camera. And all of a sudden, you see a body fly, fly down, flop down from the, the sky, facing the building, land hard on its ass. It's really uncomfortable to watch, and sort of fall over. The body continues to move. The guy's still alive. And uh, after a little while, two very, very, very calm-looking men sort of roll up to the crime scene. One guy uh, in, in, a, in a puffy jacket, I believe, walks up, kind of gives him the once-over, but doesn't even do, like, rubbernecking. Like, literally just goes and looks at him in a really calm way. This guy's still moving, by the way. Mr. Rossi is still moving. And then just slowly walks away. It's so eerie. It's super weird. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, those, of course, were two uh, co-workers of Mr. Rossi's. But that is outside of the Monte de Pache bank. Yeah, Monte de Pache. So, funny thing about Monte de Pache mm-hmm. is that they were just... Show uh, me the Monte. <laughs> Well, they were just uh, indicted in a kind of money laundering scheme themselves, weren't they? They were. Um, they were uh, involved in a money laundering scheme with Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank. Funny we should mention them again. You know, I don't like it when these fucking Italians and these Germans get up to their <laughs> old tricks again. So they were... Um, a bunch of executives at Deutsche were charged by Italian authorities for colluding with Montepaschi mm-hmm. and falsifying accounts, manipulating the market, mm-hmm. obstructing justice. Pimp shit. Yeah, total mob, mob shit. But you know who was included in one of those indictments? Who? Fasciola. Ah, Fasciola. The old co-worker of Brooksmith. Who also killed himself. So what is your sort of theory? Because there's been a lot of other suicides too. These are just sort of three of the big ones that have happened. I mean, I don't know like what's going on with this yeah. between Deutsche and Monte de Pesci and wealth management and all of these things. That's like a lot of stuff to put together. Mm-hmm. And you know I haven't completed my conspiracy boards. Uh, no, but I, I'll, let me tell you, she has some large ideas about all of these things. If they're not ready yet, we don't have to bust them out. But it is, uh, it is, it is a little, I'm giving it a side eye, as they say. <laughs> I, I, in my mind, it's like, uh, it's like in The Watchmen, where like the guy goes, I don't watch like, that. Killing. It's from the comic book, actually. Well, I don't read that. Uh, but like, there's just like a fat, pudgy banker walking around and be like, they're killing, they're killing bankers, they're <laughs> killing wealth managers, and no one believes them. <laughs> I mean, I do think they're, they're doing that. Oh, so you do think that, that, that these suicides are connected to some sort of... So, what? that brings us to basically our topic today. Hello. What is going on with Deutsche Bank? What is going on with Deutsche Bank? <laughs> so, good question. Okay, Deutsche Bank, uh, there's a lot going on with Deutsche Bank, and no one really knows... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you floated the idea to me earlier today that Deutsche Bank might not even exist. <laughs> no, it definitely exists. This is not some like Matt Carsman, like Jeffrey Epstein doesn't exist. Uh-huh. Deutsche exists, but uh, it's definitely been described to me by by uh, sauces. 
Uh-huh. Boots on the ground. She's talking about her guys at Belgian Bank. <laughs> no, the, it's been described as like zombie bank. Mm-hmm. What's uh, a zombie bank? That basically, it, it exists, but is it's not completely collapsed. It's mm-hmm. not insolvent, but it's not totally liquid, but it's not illiquid. It's just sort of like... Liquid bank. It's like zombie, you know, like dead, but still living. Damn. That's you know fucking what I mean? crazy. So, I mean, that's not a technical so term. So they just trade in like blood? So... Um, no, I mean, Deutsche Bank has been involved in and, and fined for several, many complicated money laundering schemes. Several many launderings. Yeah. <laughs> I keep saying laundering wrong. Laundering. There what is was, wrong with me? <laughs> there was the famous one, um, that actually, I believe, uh, uh, Thomas Bowers was worried about, I believe. Could have been Bowers or Brooksmith, which uh-huh. was the what they called the Libor affair. Uh, ooh, which, sounds sexy. I know Who's it she? does. The Libor affair. It has to do with basically manipulating the London manipulating affair interbank. Oh, uh, like interest trading rate. That just went from insanely sexy and horny to the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, and, and not so sexy. Barely a sentence. Um, but they I, they took a big fine for that and. Um, you know, manipulating markets, basically just straight up criminal activity. This is a criminal enterprise. That and that is a theme that we come back to many times in this episode. I feel like, yeah, is that these these banks? Like, I don't want to be like the bankers are all criminals, even though actually that's a pretty good line. Uh, they, they literally, they are. literally just seem like actual criminals. No, the banks are cartels. This is the mob, mm-hmm. and the mob runs the world. And the Fed is the no, boss, okay, we'll which get is that. why we got to end it. <laughs> we'll get to that uh, when we talk to Alexandra in a okay, little bit. Okay, okay. But I do want to explain a couple things and some of my some little theories about what possibly is going on with Deutsche Bank. So right in, in September of 2019, uh, Deutsche Bank was raided. Mm-hmm. By European police. <laughs> With what? A couple of sticks? Um, uh, I brought you some tea. Uh, would you sit here while I p- ask your permission to look through the <laughs> files? No, no, no. So, uh, Danske Bank, uh-huh. not to be confused with Deutsche Bank. Yeah. Danske, Danske Bank. Bank? What which, is that, the... The Danish bank? Yes. Ooh. Is under investigation in several countries, including the United States, Denmark, Britain, and Estonia, mm-hmm. over suspicious payments totaling Estonia. 200 billion euros, about $220 billion, Ooh. which it had moved, aka laundered, uh-huh. through a tiny Estonian Branch. I'm sorry. Wouldn't like the reg- the one regular in Estonia when he sees like billions of dollars coming through Estonia be like, wait a minute, this is weird. I mean, yeah, that's true. I guess you got to take what you can get. Uh, yeah. So also, they don't like Jews there, so <laughs> I don't feel. Well, Deutsche acted as a correspondent bank for Danska. Well, they love Jews there. Deutsche Danska. It's a little mm-hmm. annoying. Okay, so Deutsche served as a correspondent. That's where they said the laundering occurred, from Danska through Deutsche back to Danska again. Uh, Deutsche Bank was raided by authorities. And what that signals, at least to me, when mm-hmm. if I'm going to put my little, like, Sherlock cap on. Uh-huh. Which, which she I- just mimicked putting a cap on, <laughs> listeners out there. It was very adorable. <laughs> okay, so it's on. She put it back on again. <laughs> they, usually authorities, particularly 
regulatory authorities uh-huh. would be requesting documents. Yeah. And the reason they're not requesting documents and instead literally showing up and raiding the offices yep. is because they don't think they're getting those documents. Oh, so if or I they like, think maybe there's a little bit of a shredder situation. Yes, I see. So, um, like when you got to move the embassy, seems like a bit of a serious raid. Yeah, if you will. By the way, we are sponsored by Raid RPG. Now, funny note here, I want to just mention about Danska. Uh huh. Now that we're on the topic of Danska, I really don't like to say that, so I'm glad you are. I really like it. I do not like saying Danska. 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 I think I say it nice. Uh, you do. I say it. I sound like a brute. I think when you I say, say it. this name better than I can, so what? let's try. Ivar Reha? Ivar Reha. Okay. See, here's the thing about Ivar Reha. No idea what a nationality Ivar is. <laughs> Ivar could be Portuguese or Ivar could be from fucking Siberia. But if I, see, for me, if my 15 years at UCB before someone lied about me and I had to leave, uh, uh, I learned how to pronounce people's names in any way I can, I can adapt to any situation. So, yes, for this purpose of our, this, Ivar Reha. So, Ivar Reha, mm-hmm. he previously ran the Estonian office of Donska. He's probably from Estonia then, huh? And he had been questioned by prosecutors and was considered a key witness in this money laundering probe. Mm-hmm. Guess who turned up dead? No. Guess who's calling it a suicide? Who? Well, wait. Do you actually want me to guess? Ivar Reha's dead and the police are calling it a suicide. That's right, baby. Look at that. Fuck. And who, who said I didn't know nothing about economics? You're right. Mm-hmm. So that's very weird. Insanely weird, yeah. Okay. So Deutsche gets raided uh, September 24th. Uh-huh. Now, that very same day. Yep. The New York Fed, uh-huh. your favorite, offered Dude, thirty billion. Back, no fucking these motherfuckers. <laughs> offered thirty billion in fourteen-day emergency the loans. Nazi number two in the repo market, with the banks demanding twice that. So the banks were like, "The repo market's fucked. We need sixty billion." And the New York Fed, first of all, it's an anti-Semitic kind of name there uh it was like no i'll give you 30 bill no they offered 30 bill bidding went up to 60 bill oh the fed says okay fine we give you 60 bill and we're gonna increase overnight repo loans from 75 billion to 100 billion so repo yes explain repo is where uh primarily banks other financial uh bodies bodies yeah Organs, spaces. <laughs> yes. Clearing houses, hedge funds, etc. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, it's short-term collateralized loans. Okay. So if you're in need, if you're a bank, you're in need of cash, you go to the repo market, you get a short-term loan. Usually it's overnight, but there's also 14-day ones yeah, as yeah. well. So what happened... And we're gonna again talk to Alexander about this in mid, or like I think of, I think it was September eighteenth. Uh-huh. Is that one night the overnight loan rate shot up, and no one could figure it out, and no one, none of the these financial bodies were lending to each other because the overnight interest rate was so high. So you were saying this to me earlier. It's like it's like say we got we got fucking Bank of America on one side, 
Wells Fargo on the other side. And they're like sort of trading back and forth using an intermediary, right? Mm-hmm. Like they usually, usually use a yeah. third guy. Uh, a, a poly bank relationship. And and every every time they fucking trade this money back and forth to each other, the interest rate's like 1% or 2%. But then one night, the poly shit gets all fucked up. Well, it's not because of that. But just one night, it goes from 1% or 2% to fucking 10%. I think it was eight percent, but yeah, per- that's still a shit ton of percent. Because think of like eight percent of like thirty billion dollars. It's a lot more than eight percent of like a bill, you know, or wait, one percent of like thirty billion dollars. Yeah. So um, basically, that's right. The numbers stopped, are bigger than other numbers. <laughs> the banks stopped lending to each other. Uh huh. I call this the big short. <laughs> no, but it was the point where then the Fed had to intervene and basically inject a bunch of money into mm-hmm. the repo market in order to get people trading again. I call that the big short. And so the big question is, and we'll, again, we'll get to this with our interview, mm-hmm. is why did this happen? Mm. And what I would like to say is that perhaps mm-hmm. some of the things happening at Deutsche uh-huh. shook some confidence. I see. So the, so if you're if you're the mafia... And you see your fucking dumbass. Imagine a German mafia. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I can't even do a joke about that. It's fucked up. <laughs> uh, but imagine, imagine like you see your other mafia boy get raided, and you're like, "Fuck, shit might get fucked up." You get all freaked out and then stop like screwing around. Basically, damn. Well, it's not okay. Not so much like, oh no, they're after him. Now they might come after me. But it's just but like, more so like they're after him. And what is that going to do for the loan that he's holding of mine? I see a ripple effect. Exactly. Like when you, yeah, okay. And so this is gets into this idea what you mentioned about the zombie bank. Mm-hmm. So Deutsche basically has not recovered. From the financial crisis. That bank still sucks dick. Yeah, totally. So, you know, you might remember that in the United States, for example, in 07, 08, 09, the Fed, the U.S. government bought up basically all this to- the toxic assets that were on these bank balance sheets mm-hmm. at a very low price in order to get them off... Get them out of their balance sheets yeah. and get them solvent and okay. healthy again. Right. So basically just like liposuctioned these fat banks. Basically. And get all the crap out of there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it's a colonoscopy. No, colonoscopy. What's the colonic? Yeah. It's a colonic. colonic. They sell those like uh down you know what I'm talking about? Yes. But that that didn't really happen in Europe. So in twenty sixteen there were a lot of rumors about what was going on with Deutsche? Is it healthy? Is it not? And mm-hmm. Angela Merkel came out and like very forcefully was like, Germany will not bail out Deutsche. Damn. And the Iron Lady. I, I mean, yeah. Germany has dictated austerity for the entire union, which it runs, by the way. Mm-hmm. For literally like Hitler in his last testament. <laughs> Uh, you know, they've been, they've been basically dictating austerity policy for the entire union, you know, since the crisis. Um, so yeah, Merkel said that Germany would never bail out Deutsche Bank. Part of that also has to do with the fact that, uh, Germany won't, refuses to absorb the debts of other countries. Yeah. And because Deutsche is holding all of this shit that is tied up in literally other countries, Mm -hmm. 
that would that would oh so it wait would i get what you're saying require cross border financing and that can't happen in this in in the eu it cannot happen damn so the eu's bad huh yeah we should do an episode on how much the fucking eu sucks. i've been reading this book um fuck it's really good i'll give it to, i'm not gonna say the air name okay. on there because i can't remember it but i got on my phone it's really good about like the weird sort of origins of like the pan-european movement i mean mm. it's yeah some strange stuff going on there is some weird stuff yeah there. Habsburgs involved. yeah yeah so all the toxic debt from 07 08 remained inside the banks what happened was the european central bank instead of instead of getting rid of this toxic debt they tried to kind of band-aid it over with negative interest rates so they they literally have negative interest rates in the hope that they could these that that banks could uh you know drum up enough uh cash investment to cover their losses but uh-huh. it hasn't worked right and so my theory is that we're still dealing in Europe we're still dealing with an unresolved part of the 0708 crisis yeah and okay so more reverberations exactly and so Deutsche Bank has a derivatives book of more than like about about fifty four trillion dollars, mm-hmm. right? And it's predominantly in interest rates and currencies. Uh, they last year they went through a restructuring. They laid off eighteen thousand people. Okay, which is a lot. Yeah, particularly given the entire Deutsche Bank staff is ninety thousand people. What they get fucking freaking Pete Buttigieg to advise <laughs> yeah. on that one? I mean, really. But the real big problem is that no one can actually put a value on the derivatives book because no one knows what the fuck any of the shit is. Yeah. And that was a big problem with the 08 crisis is that, you know, all of these insanely complicated derivatives are tied up and exposed. I mean, so you don't know how many other financial institutions have exposure to this derivatives book of crap. Yeah. Right. And this is like one of my bones to pick about the way that we tell the story about the financial crisis, because the derivatives, the actual financial instruments and the derivatives themselves are such a larger part of the story than like, like we tell. Yeah. Yeah. Like these should not exist. This should just be illegal. Yeah. In the way that this happens. I'll I'll tell you something, Liz. Pretty sure all of this should just be illegal. (laughs) Why don't we just trade commodities for commodities? So, Mark's never got around to answering that one, did he? <laughs> well, well, we can. We'll do another episode on that. But uh, yeah, Deutsche is at trading at about eight dollars right now, which is, is insanely bad? low. Here's a little photo of. This is. I can't believe Liz looks at this kind of bullshit. <laughs> it's that's low. We should buy that. No, uh, we to should our not. fans, buy Deutsche. <laughs> No, no, no. So the big question then is, are we having a Deutsche Bank moment? Oh, like, uh, like what was it? Like those soap shoes or like... No, like what we call Baby when... Yoda? What they call like layman, the layman moment or oh, when layman brothers... Layman men. Collapse. Oh, I see what you're saying, the bank. Yes. Yeah, no, that's... that's, that's so are you saying, uh, are we having a layman... Uh, 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 this is bad. It possibly no no one knows. 
No they one knows because fucking hate Germans, dude. <laughs> well, it's good to remember that the Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns crisis, which uh-huh. was a liquidity crisis, started in the repo market first. So you get a crisis of confidence, which leads into a crisis of liquidity. Mm-hmm. So you get demand for dollars skyrocketing because people want to hoard the dollars. Dude, my not dem- have, mine's always sky high. Lending freezes up, uh-huh. and that's pretty much what's happening right now but we don't know why that sounds scary yes well so So when banks don't want to put dollars in repo it means or possibly allegedly potentially means that they fear a default aka they they are afraid of not getting their money back because no one is clear on who and how much anyone is exposed to and to what that's yeah. All right. Well, I, that doesn't sound good. So you kind of like have to like look into the market and see kind of what was happening. If you look at whose like stock prices were kind of jumping around at the time this was happening, Goldman took a big, well, relative big dive there, and so there's reason to believe that Goldman might be holding the most exposure. Mm. Um, but no one knows. So is it possible that we have a worldwide liquidity crisis brewing i think we do i'm gonna just go out on a limb and guess that we do well we don't know we don't know um i will say only be fixed with solid i will say that if deutsche banks falls this is my prediction i don't know if if i don't know if the ecb or if germany will let deutsche bank fall i really don't Mm -hmm. but if deutsche did fall yes I think it would trigger a worldwide liquidity crisis. Do we want that or not? I, like, this is kind of the confusing no. thing about all of this is do we not want that or do we do want that? Well, probably won't be good for podcasting, but like, <laughs> as like a guy, do I want that? I mean, it could be really bad. Like, it could be... The thing is, is that it's hard to say exactly what would happen in the US. Mm-hmm. What I would... Would it hurt Germans? <laughs> well, what I would throw out mm-hmm. is that it would possibly be more akin to the Russian bond crisis of 1998, which was quite serious. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, what, uh, what's that fucking Goldeneye, where he's up on the, <laughs> the Russian bond crisis? No. Um, but that's when basically, um, you know, there was just a massive sell-off of assets worldwide like that didn't have any link to Russian bonds Mm -hmm. because people were just trying to drum up cash in order to cover losses elsewhere. I mean, that's why the yen tanked basically during that time. So I don't really know what's going on, but what's cool about that is no one really knows what's going on. We love it. Um, But definitely more to get into. So we should probably talk to Alexandra Skaggs, see what she has to say. Let's ring up old Skaggsy. <laughs> Welcome to End the Fed Hour. <laughs> No, we're not doing end the Fed hour. That's my private Patreon exclusive hour. But that's welcome. your OnlyFans. Yeah, my OnlyFans, right? Nude talk about ending the Fed. Um, people are very surprised when they see a Jewish guy doing it, and they know I'm Jewish because I'm nude. 
Anyways, welcome to our interview du jour. Uh, We are joined tonight by Alexandra Skaggs, uh, a writer, a financial journalist, not a writer, a journalist, although I guess, do they get offended if they don't? I don't know. A writer and journalist for Barron's, Financial Times, Bloomberg, uh, I don't know any other financial magazines, but (laughs) if there are some, she's written for it. Uh, Welcome, Alexandra. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, we're so excited to have you on because we, um, I've been talking to some of our listeners who are very intrigued by mm, various rumblings that they've seen online and various predictions about a possible upcoming recession. People like talking about that. People like talking about is there going to be a crisis? Is the economy going to fail? Blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people had questions about what exactly has been going on over the past couple months, since about September, I believe, with the Fed intervening in the repo market. And so we wanted to have you on to kind of uh, woman-splain what exactly the Fed is doing. Sure. I I can do my best. So the the repo stuff is a little complicated. I feel like maybe a good place to start would just be to talk about why people are worried about recession right now. Okay. Um, And it's just like this bond market signal, basically, like long-term bonds for a little while had lower yields than short-term bonds, Mm -hmm. which basically meant that people would rather like invest for a really long time and just like put their money away to make sure that it's safe for like 10 years, then get their money back in like three months. Okay. Which I think like, you know, if, if you don't think there's going to be anywhere to like put your money in three months, if you're like a fancy investor person, then like, that's probably a bad sign. Right. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I graduated in 2009 and Seeing the yield curve invert, like, almost freaked me out. Like, I think I, I was reading a little too much zero head. <laughs> and the yield, like, oh, no. the yield curve inverted yeah. in May, right? Isn't that when that, yeah. earlier yeah. in the spring? So, in May, you had the yield, cur- ugh, yield curve invert, which we explained. That means that the, that, uh, excuse me. Long-term uh, yields were lower than short-term yields. Yes. Um, and then following that in September, you have the Fed intervene in repo. Like, those two things together do not signal uh, a strong no. economy or or strong confidence in, that the public has in the economy. Yeah. No, it's a little, it's a little worrying, I guess. Um Though it's in, so, I've like been reading a bunch of zero hedge too, and I do like you know <laughs> tend to see disaster around every corner. Mm-hmm. I think because like you know, I think we all have a little bit of two thousand and nine PTSD. Sure, at least I do. So I'm like always looking out. Um, but the the thing that happened in repo markets in September was really weird. So like, because that's a big market where the Fed like it implements its interest rate policy. I'm trying to think of like a simpler way to put it, but like the Fed sets rates, um, it does so using this like really convoluted process that involves banks and like um, 
short-term repo trades, uh, which was, you know, the market that blew up in September. And basically, if they can't, like, keep the interest rates where they want them, then they, like, start worrying and start intervening more. Right. So, So, like, yeah. For our listeners, the repo market... Do you want to explain a little bit what the repo market is? Because I, I, I'm not sure everyone's yeah. familiar. Yeah. Is it, it's right, where they right. take my stuff because I haven't paid for it, right? Mm, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's not totally different. Uh, it's, you just, <laughs> it's almost like pawning, right? Like the banks will take like some sort of security, like whether it's like a treasury or a stock or like a share of a fund, like an ETF, and they'll like go pledge it to someone to borrow cash overnight. Mm-hmm. So like they'll need cash for some reason, like, you know, settling balances or like doing other types of bank stuff. And they'll end up like giving, some, giving another bank or giving the Fed like one of these securities in exchange for the cash. So, like, the security is the collateral. Yes. Um, and these are usually pretty short-term things. Like, it's either overnight or over just a couple of weeks. Yes. So, and, this is, and it's all interbank lending. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for the most part. So, it's like, a, it's like... A, there it's, are, like, a couple of hedge funds. Yes. In there, too. And, like, um, clearing houses where hedge funds trade. Um and actually, there there might be something uh, in the hedge fund world that happened in September too. Though this is just my kind of speculation, because um, what happened in the middle of September is the interest rate, I guess, that that banks had to pay to borrow cash rose like really fast, mm-hmm. and a few of the trades had interest rates above like eight hmm. percent, even though the the Fed rate was like two. So that's that very kind of strange. People out. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so what are the things that would drive that rate up? Yeah. Like why did that shoot? Yeah. So, so everyone had less, I guess, cash than they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a tax payment cycle and there were, uh, a bunch of treasuries that like hit the market all at the same time. And those are like, I mean, so that's the explanation that the Fed and everyone gave. Yeah, that's the and official that explanation. I don't buy yeah. it. <laughs> well, there's no, exactly right. There's, there's no reason why a bank would have to pay 8% to borrow cash overnight. Right, but like there are co- there are a couple of interesting details about about those trades because they weren't very big, apparently, and like if you're a bank trading in repo, like you're probably trading in size mm-hmm. and and the, let me think and and there were just like a few trades that went really high and sort of freaked everyone else out, so like. My theory is, at least, that it was some hedge fund or some, like, oil trader. Because if you guys remember, that was around the time that the Iranians bombed the Saudi oil facility. Mm, Interesting. And oil prices jumped really fast. And so my theory is that a hedge fund had some position on an oil 
and then got blown up and like really needed cash. So they were willing to pay what up for, and then they scared everyone else. Or a hedge fund that's really intertwined economically with the Saudis, too. Yeah. Because I know they're diversifying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Outside of WeWork, you mean? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Well, there are martyrs in the war for Um, God, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, the, the hedge fund thing... You know, it was, yeah, either that or basically someone was like, I really need cash like right now. And what I think is interesting about that is that a lot of the, like I say a lot of the banks, like there are a lot of banks, but there are only really five left, right? Like it's Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, uh, JP Morgan, and somebody else. Citigroup? And Citigroup, yes. But they're, like, really the only game in town, like, if you want to do anything. Right. And so if, like, one of these guys knows that you're hard up for cash, like, I have a feeling that other people will figure that out pretty fast. Yeah, it's it's interesting because even with that, like, I do like that. That's interesting about the um, those hedge fund trades. I. Mm-hmm. Even if it if that was the case, then why would the interventions last for as long as they have? Like, then that feels like just as much of a quick singular event as, you know, their explanation for the treasury dump or the tax, uh, the tax bills or whatever, which none of those ever sat with me, right? Yeah. And so And they happened in December too. Yeah. And, and you know, and I'm remembering in September when that initial when initially when the New York Fed jumped in, they I think that they initially offered like thirty billion and quickly had yeah. to double that to like sixty billion. Ooh. Right? Yeah. So it doesn't So it just seems to point to, like, a larger crisis of confidence that seems to be bubbling underneath the surface that uh, is a little worrisome. I mean, for sure. Like, if you only have, like, again, like, five banks, um, and they all have a lot of cash, but they all want to hang on to it, Mm -hmm. I mean... That's no better than if they didn't have cash. Right. right? Yeah. If there is that sort of crisis of confidence and no one wants to do any trades with each other, then, like, that sort of defeats the whole purpose of having those big reserves of cash anyway. So, because we need this money moving, right? <laughs> That's kind of what I get from yeah. I I do not, let me tell you this. Liz had to explain to me several times what any of this was. <laughs> so bear with me here. No, it's, it's like good. they need like they, they need to they need people need to see movement in order to know that things are healthy or what. If that's wrong, let I me know if it's wrong. Part it might of be. It. I mean, I think that's part of it and also like the the entities like whether it's like a hedge fund or a clearinghouse yeah. or like you know, another one of the banks that are a broker dealer that like ended up really short on cash. Like they, you know, they want that cash lent into the system.
system because they're not the bank. So they can't have like these cash reserves the way that the banks do with the Fed. So like because of that, they usually need that money. Um, And then the cost of everything goes up, which is so funny because the way that the financial system works is like every interest rate is based on money market rates. So if those rates stayed high for a long time, then like business loans, student loans, like all sorts of things would be a lot more expensive. Right. Money market rates are literally just like it's the market of money, like moving around money or what? I don't know what a money market is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, I mean, it's a good question. I actually didn't learn what a money market was until I covered the treasury market. And I was like, what's this repo thing everyone's talking about? But, like, that's a, a money market. Oh, okay. Like, if you, gotcha. yeah, like, if you put your money into a money market fund, they, like, lend out that cash into repo markets. And it gets, you and get like return the, uh, on it from the interest? Yeah. 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 Oh, I should do this. Actually, I have a question about that. That just like sparked something sure. in my brain because um, I was reading, uh, I can't remember who it was. Someone was talking about how, um, you know, so much uh, investment now is in money market funds. Is that correct? Like yeah. massive pension like pension, I mean, everyone mm-hmm. pretty much, because they were like, oh, these are the safest, right? And so they're kind of putting them yeah. in these, like, spread, you know, like, Vanguard funds or whatever, ETFs, mm-hmm. et cetera. So if those are tied up in repo, and if repo freezes, that's bad for those yeah. ones, right? Yeah. Oh, because all their money gets fucking, like, nothing happened to it. Yeah. Or if, yeah. like... Like, companies have a lot of money in their pensions. Like, I think public pensions do a decent amount in those. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're huge. So they definitely don't want to have the repo market freeze up. Right. And that, since you mentioned 08, the repo, like, the layman moment, if we might, if, if you'll give me the, that... Pleasure of calling it the layman moment. Um, totally. That began in repo, right? Or that's when people started yeah, to kind that, of notice some stuff going on? Totally. And that also led one of the money market funds to, like, they call it, like, break the buck. Mm. Because the whole point of it in, like, some of these funds was, like, okay, I'm going to put my money in, and the share price of this never goes below a dollar. So, like, basically I get, you know, the the theory is at least you're supposed to get, like, a guaranteed return, basically, and the share price is never supposed to go below a dollar, but then it did. Right. Because repo markets froze up. Right. And actually a lot of the stuff that was being uh, lent, like the securities that were being used as collateral in repo markets, turned out to be garbage. Yes. So, yes, yeah. that was when the banks were uh, bribing the credit rating agencies yeah. to rate everything triple A. And when you rate something triple A, you can throw it in as collateral in the repo. So everyone was yep. using this junk as collateral. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah. So permit me, permit me to do a bit of an allegory. Yes. 
for instance, say if I had a large family of many daughters (laughs) and I was doing some sort of (laughs) online uh, dating service where I was essentially finding a a wealthy husband for my hot daughters, but my daughters were not actually dimes. They were like nickels, (laughs) possibly pennies. And but there's a guy in my in my country. There is a guy who rates he rates the hotness of daughters for sale abroad. And I bribe him, and I'm like, give make them all tens, even though they're like threes. And he does, and they are purchased. Uh, but it it turns out that I sold junk bonds, <laughs> junk broads, junk broads abroad. <laughs> And so the whole uh, wife market collapses. <laughs> but it, this is if it gets yeah. found out. Is this what? Is this kind of what ha- what happened? Uh, you, that's one kind of big short. Listen, if I'm being sexist here, I need it to to work, or else I'm going to get in trouble for it. Uh, that's kind of what happens. I mean, it's really true that like you know they raided a bunch of junk bonds, triple A, mm-hmm. which yeah. allowed them to I'm be like- used as collateral in what's supposed to be the safest market ever. And then when those went, when those were revealed to be junk, it was, I mean, that's, you get a crisis of liquidity, right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I kind of like the comparison. (laughs) So like, imagine that the guy who rates your hot or not hot daughters Mm -hmm. gets paid by the families. So like, that's how he makes all of his money. Like, you wouldn't necessarily trust his opinion, right? Because you're like, well, that guy just got paid to say that that guy's daughter is hot. Yeah. So, like, you know, why would I trust him? That's totally how it works with the credit rating agencies. So these guys basically said a bunch of bullshit. Well, they must have all gotten in trouble, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, these guys are all in prison. That would be awesome. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like every time I, I lie to a bunch of people, everyone gets insanely mad at me, <laughs> and I get in a ton of trouble. Are you saying that there's a job I could have I know, where this right? isn't the case? Yeah, you should go work at Moody's. Absolutely. Yeah, Moody's, but enough about my wife. Um, damn. So is this what, not to jump too far ahead here, but... Is this is this what Deutsche Bank is doing? I just said Deutsche Bank. <laughs> I like that. Doink Do- Bank. This is Doink Bank. It's <laughs> Doink like a bank. weed. It's the first yeah. federal bank that can take weed money. Well, we are talking more about Deutsche Bank um, on the podcast because my theory about what's going on in repo is that people are scared about Deutsche. Hmm. So people have been scared about Deutsche for like a few years, mm-hmm. for sure. So it's weird because again, like this turns into this weird sort of government thing, right? So like most of the people I talk to now are like, yeah, Deutsche Bank may be a disaster. And like, yeah, it's still totally full of like, you know, garbage securities and, you know, all that stuff. But the German government doesn't want it to fail. right? So like, they think it probably won't fail. Well, um, it's weird because super interesting. I think Merkel has said that she won't bail out Deutsche. Yeah. Or that's what she that's said, at least thing. in 2016. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. that gets into some like 
Yeah, it, that gets into weird stuff with the ECB. Now you've got Christine Lagarde there. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is the ECB? Can you explain yeah. for our uh, <laughs> listeners who might enjoy working out or something like that instead of the doing what you ECB do? is the European Central Bank, but and this is a crucial point: the ECB doesn't function like a traditional central bank because of the setup of the European Union. Because there's a bunch of different fucking countries and they all have a bunch of different fucking finances. Yes. And like different debts and all that shit. That's the key, that they all hold their own debts even though they are all operating under a single currency, which is doomed to fail, which everyone knew. Well, not... Yeah. But it doesn't matter. We got to end the Fed duralization of Europe. (laughs) We do, we do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god well yeah i mean that uh, europe's been a disaster for a little while um but it's funny because every time deutsche bank gets in too much trouble you see these like rumors start going around about like oh maybe commerce bank will buy them or like some other big german bank hmm. and i don't think that's a coincidence yeah like they're trying to float those so <laughs> someone yeah. buys them uh, or like you know just the message like okay you know if things get bad enough like another bank will just buy it the way that the banks merged in the u.s after the financial right right so So. earlier we mentioned is there going to be repo apocalypse and there was a big prediction that the repo markets were going to collapse basically by the end of December, but that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So that was the Fed. The Fed ended up like, um, like we were talking about a little before, um, they intervened. And so the reason that people thought that repo markets were going to blow up at the end of the year is because, so regulators now like determine um, how banks are like, systemically important or like how systemically important they are and they use like I think a snapshot of like a couple of weeks because that makes sense for some reason like I don't (laughs) I still don't understand why they why they made that decision um but it's a couple of weeks right at the end of the year so like around that time banks don't want to do anything right like they want to hoard cash they want to. They want to look real good um, for to be teacher's pet. Exactly to be less uh, systemically important. Right. And so they were really worried, and by they, I mean like Wall Street guys were like really worried that the banks were going to basically hold on to all of their cash, uh, not lend it out at all, and rates were going to spike above like five percent again. Which would not be good for us. Right. Um, so, what the Fed has been doing since September, it just started doing like in a lot bigger size um, to basically to help out, um, you know, money markets and to keep them sort of normal. In September, the Fed started offering its own repo transactions to the banks. So, it was saying, like, okay, you guys have too many treasuries fine, or you guys have more treasuries than you would like, you know, you can just pledge them with us overnight and we'll give you short-term cash loans. 
if you really need cash that much. So that's just like direct intervention. (laughs) Yes. But like, that's the funny thing, right? Like if you think about it, like what really is the difference between a treasury and cash? I mean, you don't have to get me started on that. I know. I agree. I'll tell you what, I literally (laughs) don't know. I have no idea how to answer that question. There could be many or little. Yeah. They're, they're both obligations of the U.S. government, and cash can just be used for, like, a few more things than treasuries can be used for. Uh, the problem is that those things are, like, really important, like paying taxes and, like, you know, if everyone decides to take money out of their ATM, you know, their checking accounts at the same time, like, they have to give them cash. But it doesn't, uh, there really isn't that much of a difference. And so, like, what I find weird about all of this is that, like, the Fed is saying, the Fed also makes rules about what banks can use cash for versus treasuries. So the Fed's basically saying, like, okay, well, you absolutely need to have cash for this, but, like, don't worry, we'll give you cash in exchange for your treasuries. Wait, that's So they're like basically a- saying that they're, like, yeah, that they're almost as good as one another, hmm. but they, like, want to keep it a secret. Because okay. they want to like, they want to make it look like they're totally separate from the treasury. Weird. Because yeah, because basically, if the Fed and the Treasury look like they're cooperating, they're worried like voters might figure out like, oh, we can actually just vote in people who will like listen to us and spend money on things that we want instead of like private industry, and then like God knows what happens then, right? Like. Yeah, because people might actually get like things that are nice. Yeah, because it's like it's basically like the they're damn. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just fucking all this shit blows my mind because it seems it's such insane amounts of money that's just like being moved yeah. among like corporations that just have an insane amount of money, and I can't tell what they're spending it on, but it doesn't look like it's yeah. good for me. It's just I don't know. It fucks yeah, me it's up. Like dividends, right? So they're actually, well, this is another one of my favorite trends. It's uh, companies taking out loans and selling bonds and then using the cash to pay dividends to their shareholders. Yeah, that's a... Which... Yeah. <laughs> it's all just turned into a massive racket. Yeah, that's and actually... Like that's what's really interesting is that it seems like... Um, it's like you don't want to argue against low interest rates. It like puts you in a weird position, right? Yeah. Because you're like low. In- yeah. Okay, I don't want to argue against that. But then all you're seeing is that the spending that's happening by companies is either in these elaborate stock buyback schemes, or mm-hmm. like you're saying, these weird like quasi Ponzi paying out derivative shares, whatever, right? Yeah. And so none of it's actually being spent into the economy. <laughs> like it's just like yeah. it's just fueling massive corporate debt a massive corporate debt bubble. Yeah, absolutely. And and the funny thing is like the the banks make so much money on this stuff. So like there are maybe about like twenty maybe twenty three banks now that like the Fed says, okay, you're my guys, like, I'm going to trade with you, and you're the ones who are eligible 
to get these repo transactions or, or to like, you know, participate in these interventions that we're doing, like these cheap loans we're giving out. That's just you, like 23 banks, just you guys. But the reason, the reason they're doing it in the first place is because they want to seem like they want money markets to seem like they're private, hmm. even though they're really not like the U S dollar is very much a public good. Like it's, right. you know, the government prints money and they're the ones who make it right. But like, but you have this elaborate scheme set up basically to make it look like all of it's private. And these banks charge like really high rents basically to help the fed make it look that way. Damn. This is all just a and fucking scam. It's a total. It is. Yeah. On the Fed, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what we'd replace it with, but I'd be fine with ending the primary dealers. Yeah, well, it's just very confusing <laughs> because, um, it it seems like you said it. Well, and I think this is again, like you say, by design. It obfuscates more than it clarifies, right? And exactly. even when Brace and I were like talking about this stuff earlier, I had to, we were, he was like, I don't understand any of this stuff. Can you explain it? And I'm like, no, you have to understand this stuff has more to do with confidence and criminal activity than it has to do with like elaborate mathematics yeah. or like yeah. schemas. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that's what like, oh, there's all these right. words that they use to mean things that like concepts that I kind of get, mm-hmm. but it all just seems like it's like, like if I was doing crime, I would just make it with really hard to pronounce names. I would just call the stuff I was doing like (laughs) penny loaf of laundering or whatever for like stealing a wallet. And it seems kind of like that's what these assholes are doing. Let me ask you something. What happens if there was a repocalypse, a repo apocalypse? Yeah. What would that mean? Like, what would that look like for the average Joe like me? Um, That's a good question too. The problem is that like, because the Fed has basically put these 20-something banks at the middle of everything, they then can be like, oh, if we get in trouble, y'all are screwed. So, like, it's, again, a, a crisis of confidence sort of situation where, like, you know, companies stop, you know, or companies end up having to pay a lot more to do just, like, normal stuff. Um, you know, interest rates go up. Basically, everyone has to pay more to borrow. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty bad for the economy. And especially because, like, you know, again, everyone starts hoarding money and hoarding cash, which means that, like, you know, it's not getting spent. Like, people aren't getting paid, basically. And then it's like a spiral. The more you hoard the cash, the more the rates go up. Yeah. And then you've got, like, a frozen market. And then that that would ripple into, like, commercial markets, right? Yeah, and and that's the the sort of borrowing cost that I was talking about before. Like, because those rates are the basis of like every other interest rate, like arguably in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if everyone had to all of a sudden pay like I don't know, like three percentage points higher interest rates on like everything they did, like that would be pretty shitty for basically everyone. Like. Even, you know, in that case, like, even including the banks, even including, like, the the people who just charge rent. Right. So, 
so the Fed, the Fed's intervention, like it's funny because I don't necessarily like personally mind the Fed intervening in money markets because I feel like the Fed like is money markets, Mm -hmm. you know, like my issue is mainly the way that they intervene because they do it in this way that's like super unnecessarily complicated just to hide the fact that money is a public good Hmm. because they want, they want the bankers and they want, you know, everyday people to, to have the illusion that like, you know, Oh, the banks are the ones that create money. Right. When really that's not true. And like they can, I guess, by lending and stuff, but yeah, it's a little niche, but so it's like it's like they treat it like you know like how electric companies treat like power as like a fucking commodity that you it's like not just like something exactly. that you should have or be given or it's like a public property it's just like it's like a, something that someone sells you basically I don't know does that make sense I feel like that's like because I don't know why the banks get to have the money I don't get to have the money I live <laughs> in this fucking country too Deutsche Bank don't even live in this country that's true well. Yeah. No. And if you do, if you do well, work at a Deutsche Bank America, you might end up hanging from a fucking dog leash. <laughs> but you know, I won't say more about that. <laughs> well, that's that's a funny thing too. So, like, beyond just like intervening and like injecting money into like the U.S. Uh, financial system, the Fed is also doing that for the global financial system too. Yes. So this is like, Liz and I were talking about this a little bit before, but the Fed lent, I think, $3 billion? Yeah, like almost $4 billion to the European Central Bank over the end of the year um, because European banks needed dollars, I guess, and they didn't want to have to borrow them from the U.S. banks because the U.S. banks were going to, like, turn the screws and, and charge really high interest rates. Right. So they're borrowing directly from the Fed. <laughs> yeah, more or less, yeah. Yeah, that's um, pretty wild, actually. Yeah, and it's interesting because these things were opened up. Um, I don't know if you read Adam Tews at all. He's a historian. Mm, He's like sometimes, yeah, little, yeah. He wrote, like, a... 700 page book that's like really dense about <laughs> about the financial crisis but he has a really good lecture about how basically they decided unilaterally to just start lending money to the ECB mm-hmm. to the Bank of Japan to the Bank of England and like they didn't even talk about it yeah like voters didn't find out until it was already happening basically yeah, and so the, the, the Fed does this stuff all the time. Yeah. During the financial crisis, the Fed, um, I can't remember the numbers exactly because, like, all the hundreds and the T's and the B's, like, blur together in my memory. Yeah. But, I mean, there was even, like, secret funding to, I mean, you mentioned European banks, but also just even American banks that weren't, like, that wasn't even on anyone's ledger until it came out, like, Mm-hmm. five, six years later. Like, there was so much money injected um, yeah. because of how exposed oh, everyone that. was in the crisis. Yeah, and they were doing the same thing, right? Like, they were taking really junky securities mm-hmm. short-term and then, like, lending banks 
cash. Yes. So, like, the Fed is definitely running the table, but they don't want anyone to know it. It's interesting. Yeah, they have to keep up keep up the kayfabe I guess I that's what gets me about Deutsche and I can't I I know that everyone is talking about them I know that everyone was freaked out about them in 2016 but I just they're still all full of those junk bonds no one cleared it off Mm -hmm. of their ledger that's just they're full of it you know I feel like I was looking into them and I think in my notes I have it it's like a 50 50 trillion dollar derivatives book and it's like, where is all that stuff? No one knows who's even exposed to that, you know? Yeah. So the one one of the things that worries me that I, like, lose sleep over sometimes is, you know how, like, before the financial crisis, the banks were taking mortgages and, like, packaging them into these, like, basically they figured if you take enough junk and you, like, Put it, put it in a nice, like, pretty package, then it can be rated AAA. Right. And all of a sudden, it's not junk anymore. So, so banks are doing this, um, but with corporate loans. Yes. And <laughs> the more time has gone on, like, the junkier these loans have gotten. Mm. Our good friends but at SoftBank. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God. Well, <laughs> but, like, somebody, you talking shit about the homies at SoftBank? That, right. That is one of the craziest banks ever, SoftBank. They'll just fund anything. Really? HardBank would never. HardBank would never. (laughs) I remember reading something, too, like Uber couldn't even get a loan from SoftBank. And I was like, well, if Uber can't get a loan from SoftBank. Wait, didn't they give a bunch of money to WeWork recently, too? Yeah. Or they were, like, involved in that or something? Yeah, they're big. I think Tesla. I think they turned down Tesla. I can't remember exactly. I'm not up to date on my Elon screaming. Sorry, I interrupted you, but go on. No, not at all. No, they they did give a bunch of money to WeWork, which, well, that's, I mean, it's funny because SoftBank is Japanese and actually some of the biggest buyers of the the securities that are like packaged, junky corporate loans Hmm. are Japanese banks. Hmm. So it's like Japanese banks, apparently, and American insurers, which uh, is... I know, right? I'm sort of like, oh, I don't, I mean, maybe it'll be fine. Mm. (laughs) Um, I still haven't totally wrapped my head around the implications of that because I don't, the insurance industry is like the only one that's more convoluted than banking. Right. Yeah. Um, But it's super interesting stuff. Ugh. None of it's good. Yeah. No, no. I feel bad because I feel like our listeners are like, is there going to be uh it's just like, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that. It was tough. I mean, a bunch Sorry, of those fed loans are maturing soon, right? Like in the yeah. next couple weeks. So yeah. So the, the good news, I guess about that is that because the banks aren't, aren't being like evaluated anymore, like, they might be more willing to lend and repo market. <laughs> because no one's looking, they might be more willing to engage in stuff that they might actually be over-leveraged for and can't, can't aren't actually liquid to provide. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, the funny thing is, like, 
the repo stuff is like, like that's their job, right? Like right. the problem is that they've got all of these like super risky things happening in the other corner of the bank. And they're like, well, shit, we've got so much risk out there. Like we have to cut back in other places. And sometimes that's repo. Ugh. When it's like the thing that they I have know. to do. Yeah. It's like Ugh. you had like not actually that many jobs. Right. Like they create a lot of jobs for themselves that they don't actually need. Well, that's how they make the money. Yeah. Ugh, yep. I hate them all. I hate them all. Every time I'm always like, I, I, I love reading about this stuff because I like you. I have like, it's, I wouldn't even say it's like PTSD, but it's like, um, yeah. com- like a compulsion, like totally crazed over. I get a name for it. Like 2008 and 07, 08, 09 crisis. Like it just fuels me. I have so much rage and hatred for all of these people and all of the, <sighs> yeah. extended cast of characters involved in, in whitewashing these crimes and watching this yep. stuff kind of unfold, not be taken care of, try to basically like, it's just like another bubble, you know, that feels like it's going to yeah. pop and it has to at some point. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I figure is like, eventually one of these things has to blow, right? Yeah. And it's just really worrisome. Cause it's like, well, is it going to be the, you know, is it going to be everyone's like, is it going to be all these ETFs and money market funds tied up in repo, which are going to get screwed by possible confidence in a bank, you know, a billion miles away because of its insane derivative exposure, which then mm-hmm. might hit the like insurance companies, which are underwriting a massive corporate debt bubble for companies that don't actually make products and don't have services that anyone needs and are just taking on debt to pay back other debt to cover operating expenses because they can't actually expand because they don't actually create anything. It's like it's like a house it's it's a house of cards. Dude, I wish I could explain this shit yeah. to fucking Karl Marx and be like, "Bitch, do you even understand this?" Dude, he would be like, "Yes, this is called crisis theory." <laughs> Time for some crisis theory. <laughs> exactly. Oh no, my it, gosh, it's maddening. Too, the the line between bank and company mm. is starting to like blur. Oh sure. So, well, now Apple so wants actually, to be a bank. Apple's gonna be a bank. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What? Well, yeah. You know who's been trading repo? Wait, what? Microsoft has been trading repo. No. No joke. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, like the, the companies are becoming banks. Banks are becoming. That's fucking crazy. I just like, yeah. Just like real time became the like Tyler Durden avatar of Zero Hedge. I became the <laughs> Tyler Perry avatar of Medea. <laughs> no, that was just like a next level black pill I got. I didn't know they were doing that. That's wild. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, this stupid and, like, fucking they, they, country. Right there in their filings. Oh my god. It's insane. All they right, Brace, so you're going to have to teach me how to shoot a gun. Yeah. yeah, okay. You just point it, you just point it at yourself. <laughs> no! Squeeze. No, it's the way women are supposed to shoot guns. <laughs> oh my gosh, on that note, thank you so much for yes. joining us. This has been that's a wild ride. 
really fun. Yeah. Uh, who knew, right? Repo. I find this stuff super fascinating. It's like Black Hills, all of us. It is. This is, you know, yeah. people are like love. People are so into the Irishman and Sopranos. They're like, where's the mob? I miss the mob. You know where the mob is? It's the fucking banks. It's fucking Germany. Uh, don't get me started on my fucking Fourth Reich theory. No. <laughs> but let me tell you, no disrespect, Germany. Plenty of, you know, but maybe cut it out. <laughs> We just call it the European Union now, Bruce. I just am saying, German domination of Europe seems a little fishy to me. Much love to the Greeks. You know, yeah, solidarity. If you want to extend me honorary citizenship for saying something like that, very nice islands you have. Could retire to one. Um, Alexandra, thank you so much. This was really fun. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Is there anything you want to plug before we go? Oh, Hmm. I've, well, okay. So I'm hoping to have like a Substack, like actually up and running, like everyone else has, uh, relatively soon. Hopefully by the time this comes out, though, so I don't know. Okay, um, cool. And I'm on Twitter. Yes. What's your uh, at? That's pretty much it. Oh, at- I'm at Alexandra Skaggs. Perfect. We will include All one that. Word. Awesome. Thank you so well, much. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thanks. This was fun. Banks are over. <laughs> Done. Brace is ending the fight. You're are you a gold bug, Brace? Uh yeah. So that's first of all a trope. Uh <laughs> and I don't really think it's it's totally appropriate to say. But as it turns out, yes I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Are you fucking kidding me? I have gold fever. <laughs> you know this. Wait, Brace. Check out this chain. Brace. Quick question. What? I don't you know bullish? You bearish? Me? Yeah. Uh, wait, which of those, no disrespect, which of those sounds less gay? <laughs> uh, bullish. No, dude, fuck. That is, that is the Joker's trick. I can't answer that, Liz. <laughs> I'm going to say bullish because it could mean I'm fucking another You always got to be bullish. Yeah. Because at times I was you know bearish what? up in fucking Casadero. You know? Mm. You know Casadero? No. Uh, it's like, wait, is Casadero the bear town? There's a town of bears up north. Gilroy. Gilroy. No, that's the garlic town. I'm talking about the bear town. Like where all the gays go? Yeah. Well, are the specifically... It's Gilroy. It's... I'm... Oh, my fucking God, Liz. It is Isn't not it fucking Gilroy. I Gilroy is the garlic cabins. capital No, I know that, world. but I Plus, it's people... south. Russian River. It's not Casadero, but it's one of those... One yeah, of those I've been towns. there. Obviously not. Well, you're probably in the garlic field being like, damn, this is what a bear is? While you were looking at the garlic farms. Oh my farms. god, you're so annoying. Anyways. I went camping there. I'm bullish. With my friends. Yeah, no, yeah. No, it's a bull a market. Of cloves of garlic. It's a bull market. I'm a bull market. It's right, a what bull are you? market. Are you a bear market? It's a bull market and I'm bearish. Listen, I'm a bull market in a bear market world. <laughs> uh, thank you for so much for joining us. Yes. On Gary Goldbugs <laughs> and the Golden Standard. Oh, no. Uh, burn down Bretton Woods. Uh, we are going back to the standard, baby. That's why they killed Gaddafi. Uh, thank you. Uh, we have me, Brace. I'm Liz. 
We are joined by producer Young Chomsky, who is, oh my God, is that a J.P. Morgan? Uh, fuck, dude, I couldn't think of something <laughs> funny to say. Is that J.P. Morgan? I should have worn my Labor No, that's hat. Young Chomsky showing me his dick. What? Can't take that to the bank. How come you guys aren't giving me eye contact to see whether this is good or not? Uh, Well, it's, yeah. That's why I was narrating what he was doing. All right, let's end this thing. All right, end the Fed. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.